0: Hello, and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss the future of the beauty and wellness industries with the people who know them best. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy. And today's guest is Dino Ha, the founder and CEO of Mimi Box. In this episode, we talk to Dino about how Mimi Box isn't afraid to evolve its business model, how he is building the first K beauty color brand, Kaja, and why he's using K pop and pop culture to drive customers to his products. Hope you enjoy the episode. Today on the Glossy Beauty Podcast, we have Dino Ha, the CEO and founder of Mimi Box, the Korean beauty company. Welcome, Dino.
1: Thank you. Um, Thank you for having me.
0: So Dino, Mimi Box has gone through a few iterations since first launching several years ago. But tell us a little bit about how you kind of started as a K-beauty retailer to now developing your own brands.
1: Yeah. Um, so our company has been around um, seven years and we have uh, really went global. You know, the first market that we went global was the U.S., which is here. Um, our goal was to introduce um, K-Beauty products to the audience that were um, willing to get their hands on. And we started uh, distributing these third-party brands or third-party products and and making sure that everyone gets an experience of K-Beauty. I think that was what we call the chapter one of K-Beauty, where, you know, giving access of these K-Beauty to the people... But at the same time, uh, we've learned over the years that uh, because these brands or products were not designed for the people over here, uh, that they need to be customized or they need to be localized. So that's when we thought, okay, there's um, K-Beauty, the DNA itself has a great opportunity, but you know we need to redo the packaging, we need to do the translation, and we need to make sure that it resonates with the people here. So with all that, um, you know, we, we tested the idea of creating our own product, and now you know we have uh, you know a couple of brands under our management.
0: So, Dina, you're um, very data driven, and what were you kind of seeing from the Mimi Box standpoint that the differences between the American customer who is craving K beauty versus the Korean customer who is cra- craving K beauty?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's fundamentally there. There isn't a big difference. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what is the, is that a great product and are you giving uh, a great experience to the people, but, um, you know, how you, the, the education level on the skincare or, or the color is very different as well as, um, you know, there's a preference, preference, I think, difference on the texture or the scent that are more, that are driven by the culture. So even though the DNA of K-beauty or just building a great product stays the same, you just have to understand who you're serving um, and make sure that you, you, you put the product uh, on where they're comfortable with.
0: So Dino, you know, in the last few years, you've launched several, several of your own brands like Noni and I do care and your newest experiment, Kaja. But each of these brands, rather than kind of sitting in one larger Mimi box brand, they are very segmented by what they offer. And then also by the retailer. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, if you, if you, if you see our company's name, you know, it's, 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 it's me spelled as M-E versus M-I, and we, also, we always believed in um, building something people want and building something around that audience that we want to serve. So we saw uh, different opportunities in the market. Ulta customer was very different from um, Sephora customers, so we specifically designed our brands and products by trying to understand that audience and what they're looking for. Um, So that's why we have multi-brand strategy or multi-product strategy um, so that we don't become a mass brand that serves all people, but we become a, a portfolio of indie brands that have a specific purpose.
0: So tell us a little bit about Noni and I Do Care and Kaja specifically, because they're all very different. Like, I Do Care really taps into the masking trend that's happening right now. Kaja is the first K-Beauty color cosmetics line. So what was kind of the opportunities that you saw within each of those segments?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, Why don't I start with um, I Do Care, which sells at um, nationwide of Alta Doors right now. Um, So this brand launched in 2017. And early 2017, we saw a huge spike on Google of for search volume of clay masks. And we always knew that you know whatever trended in Asia four years ago in terms of skincare like clay mask um, always hits the market in the U.S. So there was a thousand percent increase on the search, as well as there's that gap you know in terms of um, you know a trend moving from somewhere to the other. So we thought there is a definitely a market gap, as well as you know people are looking for more clay mask products. Uh, so that's when we started to design our IDU Care line, and you know because of the price point that we play, and because of the this was uh, such a uh, large volume of data coming from Google that we thought that we had to be nationwide. So uh, 2017 June we launched. Um, I do care at Ulta with uh, lines of clay masks, and the line became very successful because it was a line that was built based on top of what people were looking for at the time. Um, it continues to do well. Um, it, it has grown um, 3, 3X over the years, and Kaja was very, very much the same, which is the first, uh, I would say, color line, K-beauty color line um, that launched in the market. Uh, so. Sephora and we sat down together thinking, okay, what is, what the, where does K-Beauty have to play? You know, let's take that skincare technology to color. That was one. The other was that we wanted to make sure that this great skincare technology is at a great price. But the experience or the education has to be there. So the Sephora was a great partner to do so. So we developed um, 47 SKUs within five months of period, and now that line is doing very well too. So this is usually the process that we would go through in terms of our framework as well as, you know, how do we design something that people, are, people want today or people are gonna want, want in the future.
0: You know, Dino, last time we spoke, you had mentioned that um, Kaja had become one of the top selling color cosmetics lines in all of Sephora. And I'm wondering how you're able to kind of respond to customer data and customer trends in such a quick way, but also, you know, not change course since things are being produced in five months or less.
1: One of the critical processes or uh, processes that you have to have within your company is how to respond to these data or how to respond to the customer insights as you as soon as you get them so for us I think um, for us we um, in, in 2018 on average we delivered an idea of a product to the market within 54 days um, I think that short lead time was able to get us to okay how do we how are people reacting to our products and our our SKUs at as Sephora and launch, extend the line or kill the line, or do do something else. But we are able to make the decision faster and react faster because of the processes that we build internally. So with all that, um, you know we, we I would say yeah, Kaja um, has been successful in the last six months um, from the launch. But I'm more confident in the coming years as we learn more about who's buying, as we learn more about what they like, I think our line will be even more successful.
0: So also, Dino, you know, I know that Kaja started out with like 47 products across lip and cheek and, you know, all across color. But now you've pretty significantly almost doubled that. Is that correct?
1: We are adding extensions as well as we are launching new products as we speak.
0: Right, and you know, I would love to understand. You know, I know that you kind of come from more of an, of a team of engineers. You know, you're you're faced with so much data, and you're collecting so much data from your customers. But how do you kind of distill that data? Is it the purchase behavior from your five million global customers at MemiBox.com, or is it like social media? Like, what are what's important for us to look at here?
1: Yeah, um, I think. One, all beauty companies will utilize data in, in different ways. Um, we, uh, I mean, if you think about why did we started to do our own products was because we thought that, um, you know, we the brands were not building something that people want. Um, where are we using the data today? I think our data is used mostly on the product development piece. Um, so how can we, fix the fundamental um, process of building a product and making sure that the product is good, even on the launch, even without having great marketing behind it. So that's how we are using data. Uh, We use first party data from the 5 million users, and we also use third party data, meaning whatever public data that we have access to, um, including Google. So we distill that data together And we try to make the best guesses for the future based on the data that we have today. So data is not like a silver bullet for a company to be successful, but it definitely minimizes shower thoughts. It definitely minimizes uh, or it makes the company's processes very efficient.
0: And what are your thoughts on, you know, the social listening that people are really interested in right now, whether it's comments and likes on Instagram or on YouTube or on Facebook?
1: Yeah, I think, I, I think it's a very important data point, uh, but it's, it's one of the data points. So not only on what the people are saying, but, you know, not everyone is going to give you that insights because it's just a customer review. But you have to really go beyond that and try to think about okay, what is this customer gonna want in you know, a six months from now? And as a company, can you deliver it? I think are some of the discussion points that you have to throw out as as there. So, but it it's good that all companies are moving in that direction of like the social listening and customer reviews, because I think eventually the industry is gonna get better.
0: So, Dino, I mean, do you think that this kind of this back end that you guys have really developed since 2012 has really equipped you to succeed better than some of the other competitors within K beauty and also within indie beauty.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we, I mean, I think it goes back to like, we were, uh, we were a bunch of engineers um, that wanted to contribute to, uh, to improving the industry. Um, so we came from a perspective of like um, it's not, it wasn't like we know what we want. We, we, we know like, what we're going to do, but we, we, we always thought that, okay, what, is the, what are the problems and how can we fix it? And you know, are we really contributing was all the questions. So I think we, we still have a humongous potential as a company in terms of our approach. I don't think we fully monetize our capabilities yet um, because our really capability is more on the back end of the business but i think you will see great products um, great marketing great things come off um, and come out in the in the future that will eventually you know position ourselves as a as a better brand company than where we are now
0: i would love to understand you know you know mimi started very much e-commerce driven d2c but you know when you were launching these private label brands um, it was about kind of finding the right partner and kind of measuring that um, online success with retail, a lot of other D2C or indie brands are kind of doing the same thing in different ways. You know, they're saying that the cost of customer acquisition or, you know, the challenges with Facebook and Google has really, you know, made them really go into physical retail and go into doors. What are your thoughts on the topic?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy that we're we're seeing different models um, today. I think it's a very interesting time. Um, I think we just happen to choose um, to work with retail as well keeping the DTC option as more of a CRM tool for us so it's where we interact with the customers it's where you know we send out emails um, and do that uh, versus that being the key revenue driver for us. Why do we think uh, working with a retail partner is important uh, because it's a very capital intensive business but at the same time beauty is is all about um, you know having a great experience in terms of buying the product as well, right? And, and, you know, they have staff there, they have people who are experts in beauty. Um, so I think that is just a c- complete overall experience, having a retail versus and DTC is a good option for us. At the same time, as a company, you can't do everything well. So we chose to focus ourselves on, okay, let's get the latest and best innovation out there. Um, but let's rely on you know some parts of our business in Sephora or Ulta to do their job.
0: We'll be right back. Subscribe to Glossy's Beauty and Wellness Briefing to get the top trends and insider insights in your inbox every week. This exclusive look at the beauty and wellness industries is meant to dig into the topics that really matter and shed light on the elephants in the room. Subscribe today at www.glossy.co slash beauty email. Dino, I remember you telling me last time that, you know, you guys were even trying to cut production timelines even shorter than they already are. I know that, you know, you guys are about 54 days right now, but how quickly do you think you're capable potentially of delivering new products to the customer?
1: Uh, Oh, yeah. um, I mean, even getting it down to 54 days was very difficult, um, but I think, um, yeah, maybe our, our goal this year is to get it down to 51 days, uh, which, which is a very challenging job. I think we just have to fundamentally change our way of doing business to get to maybe 30 days or 20 days, meaning there has to be a key disruption kick in. Uh, like maybe I'm speaking out loud, maybe over 3D printing or something that has to kick in to really shorten that. But at the end of the day, um, it's, it's not a, yes, it's about fast beauty being responsive to the customers. But at the same time, your product has to be better and your ingredient story has to be better. Your know, sustainability story has to be better, better. So there are many factors that kick in um, that makes it very challenging.
0: Are you interested in creating more brands within the whole Mimi Box portfolio, or really driving growth within Noni and I Do Care and Kaja for right now?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like we're pretty overwhelmed with, with the existing <laughs> brands that, the, the existing brands and products that we have. Um, I think the future is going to be about okay, how can we focus on on the existing brands but really go deep. Um, you know, what are some of the things that we could do differently? Um, because I think these, these brands have proven their product market fit. So we got the foot in the door, but what does it take us to, or how should we, you know, change the experience of these consumers has to be our next challenge.
0: I'd love to talk about that a little bit more. Do you know, I know that some, you know, some beauty companies are very, it's very difficult for them to pivot and, you know, you guys have pivoted, you know, and tried and taken risks in different ways just within seven years. How do you kind of get your team on board and yourself on board to kind of, you know, if something's not working, try something else just from an operational standpoint?
1: Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a great question and it's, it's not easy um, because, uh, but I think well, what has not changed in the last, I think, few years or even from the beginning are uh, two things. One, we still have our number one to number five employee with us. So we still uh, are based on, I mean, we still operate on the same mission. And they, we have people that are very capable of um, going through these challenges. Two is that the customers that we serve have not changed. Um, you know, we, we still serve the same customers, whether it's through mobile, whether it's through a, having a great product, you know, they continue to be excited for us. So I think since that has not changed, uh, we were able to keep our focus and continue to grow, even though the business model could, could been, um, you know, we, we had some evolutions on the business model side.
0: And what about the, you know, everybody's talking about right now, Gen Z versus millennial customers, the difference between those. Are you seeing a lot of different challenges or learnings within those two demographic groups within these lines and within the overall company?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, we, uh, we're experiencing it in the office already. So, uh, you know, on the consumer end, it's, it's changing dramatically. Um, and, and I don't think anyone is, has a clear view of what the future is going to hold, because, um, I think what has changed is like beauty is no longer just beauty. Like beauty is becoming more technology driven. And there are so many things that are changing the industry to the next level. So I wouldn't say like, I don't know the clear distinction between millennials and Gen Z, but I know that, you know, next five years, there are quite obvious things that that's going to happen. You know, with the 5G rollout, you know, the content is gonna be more important, your mobile site is gonna be more important, the experience of beauty discovery is gonna be very different. So all all those obvious were macro changes that are gonna impact the beauty. Um, everyone just has to be ready for it.
0: So on that note, Dean, I have to ask, I know that Kaja recently partnered with a K-beauty brand, G-Idol, which seemed to be very different than what other brands have been doing, you know on that scale and also for Mimi Box, even though you are a K-beauty brand. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, um, totally. So I think it goes back to the data side. Uh, we started to look into um, the data about what what does the customers like to do and what what are they into these days and K-pop seemed to be one of them. So K-pop had a humongous growth in the past few years and also it is an area or realm that we're very comfortable with. So we invited these K-pop artists to the U.S. Let them, um, you know, walk around San Francisco. Let them go to Sephora and really experience the the difference in the culture as well as, um, you know, what Kaja can do in the market. So and also on the consumer side, uh, we thought, okay, the future consumers of Kaja or our company are gonna be uh, very different. Um, so they're not going to. Have the intention to buy a product, but they're gonna listen to music, and they get interested in these artists, and they will look into the lifestyle of these artists, and they will see, oh, well, these artists are using Kaja. So the discovery is changing. So we wanted to make sure that Kaja stand not only stand for color makeup as Sephora, but Kaja also stand for something else. You know, meaning you know K-pop or music. You know, we want you to discover the song and then discover the products later on. So how can we think differently on the customer experience just made us think about, okay, let's partner with a K-pop artist. But if you look into their music video, uh, you do get the sense or the color theme of Kaja in that music video. So I, I, I suggest that you check it out.
0: So that's a pretty unusual concept. I mean, you know, you guys, that series or that content series lives on YouTube now. It's had, you know, millions of views, but it's not the kind of traditional, you know, ambassador program or influencer program that we're seeing kind of throughout beauty and the levers that other beauty companies are using. I mean, what do you say it's about, what are your thoughts on those kind of programs versus something that you're doing like this?
1: I do think um, the beauty brands in the future are gonna stand for something rather than um, great product. So some beauty brands will have a more community driven approach. We have like definitely that um, our core theme for this year is making beauty fun. So how can we make beauty fun as much as possible is what we're trying to do. And with that theme, you know, we, can, we, we brought in the K-pop. So anything that the next consumers or any customers in the future are going to want to try are something that they can have fun with, whether it's beauty product or food or anything that they will willing to try. So we want to stick to that uh, theme and make sure that we make it more fun than ever.
0: So do you think that, like, that extends to, you know, experiential marketing, whether it's, you know, events or out of home or, you know, kind of the festival play that everyone's kind of going after right now with BeautyCon or Sephora? Yeah.
1: Um, I, yeah, I think that that's, that's a, a different uh, ways of making beauty fun. So I think there, you're gonna, we're going to see more of that. Um, I think we, we as, a, as a Kaja, as a brand, wanted to capitalize on the music part.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm. Dino, are you thinking about other sort of categories or, or what other areas? Because, you know, like we talked about at the beginning, you know, Kaja's color, you know, I do care is very much masks. Um, Noni is like lip gloss. Like what other areas do you think are an opportunity for Mimi box? Uh,
1: yes, uh, I think I mean. If we go back to K Beauty 1.0, um, it was about bringing third-party products and giving access these products to the audience. K Beauty 2.0, which we think is customized customized lines for um, you know for for the audience, and so like we have Kaja and I do care. I think we have enough products and brands to really think through and learn um, during the K Beauty 2.0 and. I don't know what the 3.0 is going to be, but I think we are just going to de- go deep into the existing brands and existing products and make sure that um, that we stick to them so we don't have any further expansion of categories or anything planned in the near future.
0: And know, I have to ask, you know, some of the key themes we're hearing so much about in beauty is the sustainability aspect of things, you know, packaging, it, are things clean, as well as, um, you know, diversity and inclusion. What are how, what are Mimi Box's thoughts on those topics and how do you kind of make those part of your DNA, but also not make it part of like a marketing plan or, or, or and be part of more a part of your brand story?
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure this is a topic that, that's being discussed in every uh, meeting room of all beauty companies. I mean, one, I, I, I'm a, I did, I majored in environmental engineering at my school, so I feel very responsible <laughs> to do to something around the sustainability. Um, I, I you, you know, you're going to see uh, vegan products, you're going to see sustainable packaging from us in the near future. Um, we're not going to fully transition to that sustainability in the near future, but I think we're going to make great efforts on that front. Um, And that's just on the sustainability part. I think inclusivity, diversity part, uh, we're not thinking about, um, you know, Mimi Box has to stand for inclusivity, diversity, but we are committed and we think we can um, contribute to that inclusivity and diversity. So by bringing K-Beauty to the global market, I think we are already on that path.
0: And Dino, you know, when I remember when Kaja first launched, you know, the the marketing and messaging, and even the photography that was used, were really kind of girls of all different, you know, shapes, sizes, colors, you know, ethnicities. It really seemed to point in a direction that K beauty necessarily hadn't been with hadn't been in before.
1: Yes, yes, I think, yeah, that's I, I, that's why um, you know people love K beauty not because it's it's from Korea, but people love K beauty because of many different. Factors like the cute packaging, the skincare innovation, um, you know, making beauty fun, all these little things about K-beauty makes K-beauty fun, but it just had to resonate in the market better, or it just had to resonate with the global audience better. So we're, we're, we're trying to make that happen, but not lose that authenticity or not lose that K-beauty DNA of us.
0: And lastly, you know, I have to ask, you know, some of your other, you know, competitors or, you know, fellow friends in the K-beauty space have really started looking at international markets outside of the U.S. You know, as the K-beauty market has matured, what are what is Mimi Box's plans in that regard?
1: Uh, yeah. So we we have a, a we have bigger number of employees and bigger presence in Asia already um, Korea, China. Hong Kong and Taiwan, uh, we we have people on the ground and have offices that 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 play on the same mission of the company. Um, so, I, I, I one I think it's good that you know all these uh, we're making K beauty uh, fun or global as a, as a overall you know with the competitors or without the companies that's all good. And two, I think what we are contributing or will contribute in the future, near future, would be. Um, these you know, through Kaja, through Idea Care, you know, can we make, you know, Sephora customers and Alta customers excited, more excited about KBD beauty um, is going to be our focus.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. Dino. It was great having you. Thank you, Priya. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. A special thanks to Gianna Cappadona, the producer of this podcast. As a thank you for listening to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, we're passing along a limited-time introductory offer on a three-month subscription of Glossy Plus. Glossy Plus members have access to unlimited content, exclusive research, and more. Join today for just $49. That's 80% off by entering the code INTRO at checkout. For more information, head to glossy.co slash subscribe. We'll talk to you next week.